Hello, everyone, and welcome to Strictly JoJo, a podcast dedicated to JoJo's bizarre adventure. My name is Courtney. This is episode 67, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Jailbreak. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the JoJo anime. That includes any trailers that drop. Oh, that's right. What are we you are, hinting at? We're talking about it. So Netflix recently released the final trailer, maybe the final trailer, one of the trailers for the end of Stone Ocean, Stone Ocean Part 3, quote unquote. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, as we've mentioned before, technically that's part of the anime. Technically, it's aired. <laughs> Therefore, anything in the trailer is fair game for us to talk about. But before we get there, we'll give you fair warning. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you can skip ahead. But we're here at the end of the second core of Stone Ocean. This is the 12th episode of that section. And it's going to lead us into December, which will bring mm -hmm. the, the final part. It's going to be crazy. Um, but we do want to talk a little bit about our schedule just to remind everybody, because it's going to be a bit weird for the next couple of weeks. So we've shared this many times, but just in case anyone is joining us um, with this episode, we are traveling to Japan very, very soon. Um, but because we're traveling to Japan, it's going to kind of put things a little out of whack for our schedule. So we're still going to keep a pretty consistent schedule for the next few weeks, except for one break week. So looking at the, the calendar here, starting with next Monday, November 28th, we're going to have a discussion episode, which we have not had in such a long time. I'm very, very excited about it um, because with the end of this episode, we're wrapping up the second core. So we figured let's let's bring in, let's sprinkle in a little discussion. Um, it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about this topic. So look forward to that next week. The following Monday, December 5th, we're taking as a break week because we are going to be in Japan that that week and the week prior. And then, starting December 12th, we are back with Stone Ocean, the third core. So we're going to keep our weekly schedule starting with December 12th through the next 14 weeks. So I think there's 14 episodes left in Stone Ocean. So we're going to have our weekly reviews of Stone Ocean. And then we're going to jump back into Stardust Crusaders. Looks like in April sometime. And then we'll be back to a bi-weekly schedule. So don't be alarmed if no episode comes out December 5th. Again, it's just a break week for us, but we will be back on the 12th with the rest of Stone Ocean. It's a little delayed from when it premieres on December 1st, but we'll have plenty to talk about when we get back from our trip. Just, it's amazing the timing of this like with our review series and then being able to jump into the third core. It's like, a, what's the word? Serendipity. It's nice not to have to wait that long. Mm -hmm. it, it's really nice. I mean, we all figured it was a year or so in between the first core and second core. They'd probably need the same for the third core. The only hesitation I have is, did David production, were they pressured to put out something faster? Um, and will that diminish or impact the quality of the final core? I love David production. They always do a phenomenal job, so I'm very hopeful. Um, but we have seen some, I don't know, some questionable things with uh, Stone Ocean overall. I thought I read somewhere that they like all these episodes have been completed for some time. Oh, okay. So I don't know if they were are doing some polish work. Maybe someone can can fact check me on it. But yeah, like I think because of their deal with Netflix that had required them to have as much completed as they could in anticipation for these bulk releases. Well, let's jump into it. What a perfect segue into the trailer for the final core for part three of Stone Ocean that Netflix recently dropped. What day did they actually drop it? Uh, let me pull up the trailer uh, YouTube. The Netflix YouTube channel says here that it dropped on November 18th. Um, so yeah, I guess this is the big JoJo news for this week's episode is that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean Part 3 or the official trailer for Part 3, official trailer number four, is live now um, and has confirmed the announcement that it will premiere worldwide on Netflix on Thursday, December 1st. And 
what the hell is happening in this trailer? All right. So if anybody does not want to be spoiled by what's in the trailer, because I will say there are some like pretty important parts that do show up in the trailer. Skip ahead a little bit. This is your spoiler warning for the part three Stone Ocean part three trailer. But I'm going to let you ask the questions because I know everything that's going on. Um, so yeah, ask questions, but like, be careful what you ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything. If I think a question you're asking could lead me to spoil something about um, about the final part of the story, I'll just be like, I don't know, or I'm not answering, or skip, whatever. Wow. And that, I'll, I'll do it because I, I, I want to be fair. face too. <laughs> but so. like, okay, well, just be, be strategic about the way you ask your questions. Okay. Because I'm sure what you are wondering is what everybody else is wondering. Because if you see something on a trailer, you're like, wait, what does this mean? Or does this mean blah, blah, blah? But, you know, don't be too... Um, don't be too intrusive about your questions. Otherwise, oops. <laughs> <laughs> you're like gearing this up to be like, I, you're like, you're about to spoil something with whatever question that I ask. I only have three, three main questions. First is with weather reports. I'm so excited for him to be back. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So he's finally back on screen. I know technically he was in part two, but that was like a, a, a dummy that uh, White Snake was using. Um, but weather report in appears in this trailer. The significant thing about his appearance is that we see him with the Joe Star birthmark. So what the hell does that mean? Um, skip. <laughs> I mean that I that's like that's like straight up spoiler territory if I answer that question. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot you can infer from that. One way or yeah. another. So, I guess. like this, I know you've said before that weather report plays an important role in Stone Ocean Nine. And I figure this is part of the reason why. Yeah, so. this is going to be the section of the story where his role really, um, really takes center stage. So we'll move on to my next question: Sons of Dio. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know like Giorno was like a son of Dio, right? Because he was birthed from um his his what a prostitute mother yeah <laughs> and, and like Dio and Jonathan's body so he's technically the son of Dio and Jonathan so I figure like I don't know where these other quote-unquote sons of Dio are from if that's just a moniker that Pucci gave to them as like disciples of Dio but if they're actual uh blood related to Dio I wouldn't be surprised because like Dio in part three was sleeping around with everyone. So I'm sure it's not just Giorno's mom who had uh, birthed a kid from Dio. Would you consider the green child to be a son of Dio? Um, or a child of Dio, whatever it I is? I mean, it, it was made of his bone. Yeah. Right? So And his I, stand. The world? Yeah, because it said like the world was decaying and that's what helped to absorb the 36 souls. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a lingering question um, when we go into part three. And the last major one I have is Jotaro's back. I mean, that <laughs> that's pretty fucking... You probably could have just yeah. guessed that from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. I mean... Because his, his storyline at the end of the second core is pretty, pretty open-ended. Yeah. And they kind of made it obvious with the hints that they were showing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, it's that situation where you, you see a spoiler in a trailer um, and it doesn't give you context as to like how do we get to this spoiler. But in this trailer, we do see Jotaro. Looks like he's standing and looking at a space shuttle. So that makes me think, oh, is he at the Kennedy Space Center now? Has he gotten his memory back? Has he gotten Star Platinum back? Plus we hear like as Jolene is about to be hit by bullet shot by Pucci, we hear Star Plat. I assume it's Star Platinum, the world stopping time right before the bullets hit her. So that's a big hint to me that Jotaro is, is back and back in full effect. Well, you mentioned too um, before we started recording that you did pause the trailer at a few moments and you paused and saw what Emporio's text message read. Um, I don't know if you want to say it. I mean, technically it's in the trailer, so technically mm -hmm. it's fair game. Um, but. I mean, you pretty much read <laughs> what 
what that yeah, said. <laughs> it's, you don't see like the entire text message, but it's Emporial looking at a cell phone and the message reads, protect Jolene just until I arrive. That's all I ask. She must have discovered how to counter his gravity. That's the only way she could have survived. There's some more text that's cut off by, um, by the trailer, but it's signed. You can see this clearly, Jotaro Kujo. There you so, go. <laughs> he, he is, he's back enough to be able to send a text, um, but I don't know what any of this means. This might hint at whatever new stand power Pucci has, uh, which we'll be discussing in this episode. Um, but yeah, I think it's more so like getting to see how Jotaro comes back is going to be interesting. I think even if they didn't show any hints about Jotaro in the trailer, you could easily infer that he is going to be back in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, where we're left off at with this episode, uh, Jailbreak, is that Jolene has the disc. Well, Emporio has the disc. Um, they have it, and no one's trying to take it from them. So the memory disc is going to go back to Speedwagon Foundation and probably go back to Jotaro. They have both, right? Because they gave Star Plat the yeah. Star he's Platinum got Star Platinum yeah. as of oh, the right, end of he the first wrote um, Jolene on his arm. Yeah. Um, and then, like again, it would probably be insane. It would be egregious if they finished the story and Jotaro never came back. Right? Like that'd be mm-hmm. fucking crazy. Um, that would just be the most unsatisfying thing in the world. So even if, again, you didn't see anything in the trailer, you could make the assumption that in some way, shape, or form, Jotaro is going to make some appearance in the final part. Actually, wait, I have one more question. Okay. This is not a question, but something that I'll, I'll probably be thinking about um, as we approach the end of Stone Ocean is I think the, the last shot of the trailer, it almost looks like an, an apocalypse. because I think there's a voiceover of Poochie saying time keeps on accelerating and it's like a fiery sky and you have all of these citizens, I guess Florida men and Florida women looking up at the sky and seeing <laughs> like what the hell's going on. I'm wondering, because I know that parts seven and eight take place in a an alternate sort of universe. I wonder if there's context to that that's established in Stone Ocean just based on the way that like Poochie is describing heaven and like all of these things, like these cryptic things that he's doing um, in a way to attain that goal. Like we've asked time and time again, like what is heaven? Like now I'm starting to think is Poochie somehow trying to reset the universe and that's kind of why we have the alternate universes that appear in parts seven and eight of JoJo, at least in the manga for now. All I'm going to say is that the end of Stone Ocean is confusing. It, it is confusing. Um, and it's probably going to take a, like a rewatch or two to fully understand what's going to go on. I'm hopeful that, again, it being in an anime adaptation or in an anime form, um, that that'll help the explanations to be more clear and easier to digest but reading the manga it's confusing and everyone says the same thing mm-hmm. it is confusing um there's a lot of fan theories out there um i did a lot of reading when i finished the manga because i was like what the fuck just happened um it was a great ending don't get me wrong but yeah it, it, we're gonna have to talk a lot about it when we go through those particular episodes um here on strictly jojo but yeah that's that's what i pulled out of the trailer um and of course it, it just makes me excited to see the final act of stone ocean when it comes out in almost like a, a little over a week from now yeah i can't believe it's almost here but we got to focus on this particular episode let's do it let's round out the second core of stone ocean with jailbreak so what were your like overall thoughts not only on the particular episode but the way it rounds out the second core because it does have a pretty finite ending like a like a hard line drawn in the sand like you know you're transitioning into another section of the story i think like in terms of rounding out the second core and establishing like the the path into the third core that really just happens at the end of the episode when jolene and Emporial link up with Hermes. Uh, so I think we'll we'll actually see the jailbreak at the start of the the, the next core, the third core. Uh, but the rest of this episode, I just thought 
it was like an overdue conclusion to this confusing conundrum of the jailhouse rock arc. Although, as usual, I think it was exciting to see the enemy stand users come up in uh, with how Jolene is able to defeat Mew Mew, even if it was kind of a whirlwind whirlwind to get there. Like for me, like this episode, I just wanted, I call it like the side mission. I just wanted this side mission over and done with so that we can just move on to part three. Did you feel any differently though? Um, I enjoyed this part of the Mew Mew arc far more than the previous episode. I think because there was actual progression, we had a resolution. Um, you still had the the confusing parts, not confusing, but like frustrating parts of like Jolene can constantly forgetting things. But it felt less frustrating than the previous episode um, because it didn't feel like she was taking a hundred thousand steps back. It was just like one step back because she was still able mm. to progress pretty quickly after that. Um, and I think for me, what I I don't in particularly like about the actual jailbreak itself is that Mew Mew just sort of gives up. Like she's the the lead security guard. She gets her ass whipped by Jolene, but she just sort of gives up and gives, uh, almost literally gives Jolene and the Joe Bros a get out of jail free card. It is such a simple way that they get out of jail. And every attempt that they've had before that has been so incredibly epic. I mean, think about um, the first core, when Jolene is trying to break out of jail with Jotaro, she still makes it out and she gets him to the Speedwagon Foundation vehicle, but, you know, of course, brings herself back in. Um, it's just always so intense every time they make that attempt that here it almost feels lackluster. Like she beats up Mew Mew, you know, she defeats the enemy stand user of that episode and they just let her walk out. They just let her fucking walk out with her whole posse. So I kind of wish there was more of a struggle um, like again, maybe put the Jailhouse Rock arc as like one episode and make the final episode solely focus on the actual jailbreak, like how they escape in some really mm. clever way. Yeah, I was I was about to say like we don't really see a jailbreak in this episode. It's just that Jolene and Porio and Hermes are starting to plan out the jailbreak. Uh the thing with uh like with Mew Mew sort of like suppose it like acting as this supposed obstacle in Jolene's way, uh, it does feel a bit lackluster because yeah, Jolene just punches her way through with Stone Free and then she just sneaks past the guards. But I think it's the idea that with Jailhouse Rock, the stand Jailhouse Rock, um, this thing that it's gnawing away at Jolene's memory that's what makes it significant enough to be a huge obstacle. Because if Jolene doesn't know anymore like what she's fighting for, then that that just takes out the the weight of this this journey that she has to go through. You know what I mean? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in the previous episode. I think that she hasn't necessarily forgotten, like deep down inside hasn't forgotten, but just like at the top of her short term memory maybe doesn't think about it, but she still knows like, I have to go see Emporio. There's some mm -hmm. important reason I have to go see Emporio. It's probably because Emporio, she's assuming knows what's going on with this enemy stand user. Emporio has Jotaro's memory disc. Emporio knows where Hermes and Weather Report and Anasui are. Like Emporio is a key character in mm -hmm. this whole story because he's he's almost like the liaison for, for Jolene. Um, he makes things happen for her. So I don't think, it, deep down inside, she's forgotten anything, but just at the top of her mind, she might not be thinking of it at that moment. So I think the way I look at it, it's it's not a spectacle in the physical sense, right? Like with this, con like this being the one thing before they actually break out. This is more of like that that mental hurdle that Jolene has to go through, which is still again pretty significant because if if Jolene forgets about Jotaro, then all of this has been for naught. And she still has her long-term memories. It's just everything up until the moment she met Mew Mew. Mew, Mew um, that, that's still in, in her mind. It's just like after she meets Mew Mew, that's when things get a little, a little foggy. All right, JoJo fans, it's time for us to break out of this second core as we dive her down into our synopsis and discussion for Part 6, Episode 24, Jailbreak. 
Jolene continues her confused cruise through Stoned Ocean, but manages to make her way to Emporio's bachelor pad, where the confusion compounds to levels so outrageous that it may prompt one to say, Yare yare dawa. Emporio eventually remembers that he needs to print out a modeling headshot to identify the prison's head guard. And speaking of the devil wearing Prada, Mew Mew storms in to destroy her facial recognition data and hides behind her gaggle of guards to further mask her identity from Jolene. Thankfully, Emporio works through his Pokemon confusion and sends a binary code that Stonefree calculates as that of Mew Mew's identity, giving Jolene a reference from which to paint her next Aura Aura Mastora piece. With Jailhouse Rock's effects waning, the prison posse pair link up with Hermes in the medical wing to prepare for Operation Stoneshank Redemption. Elsewhere, Poochie Gangier struggles to do his groceries with his newfound powers, but affirms his commitment to complete his next errand for Dio's Ticket to Heaven, a moonlit visit to the Kennedy Space Center at Cape Canaveral within the week. No space pun intended, but I'm sure that his visit is going to be out of this wardo. And now onto our next segment of the show, is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. But we conclude the second core without any new references, unless Corridor D12 that Sholene is running through is a reference to the hip-hop collective D12. Do you remember that group? No. It featured Eminem. Uh, I think they did the... the, the na, 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 oh, da, da, yeah. Da. I mean, I know what like... What is that song? I, um, I know like of them and their works, but I know they were called D12. Oh, I just don't remember them. Yeah, it D12. was the, the song My Band. I never know the name of my band. I like to think that, that might be a reference. Yeah, because... I mean, we I had Lip Biscuit, so... <laughs> yeah, what makes me think it's a reference is the members of D12 are Eminem, Proof, Mr. Porter... Caniva, Swifty McVeigh, and get this, Bizarre. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so maybe that's a, a music reference. I don't know. It how might many be is reaching. that total? Six? Uh, how many members? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's six. Is that how many guards show up at D12 to come get her? Oh, I don't remember. I'll, we'll have to look back at that. Um, it's I want to also... say it was around six, six guys, like three from mm-hmm. one side, three from the other. It's also part six. Whoa, right. my God, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd like to say that D- D12 is a reference to, again, this hip-hop group, but that might just be reaching. And now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. We have one, but Finally. there's a caveat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, have a, we have a meme, but it's not actually in the fucking anime. So, in the manga... Um, at the part where this episode episode actually kind of opens up, Jolene's in the break room or in the recreation room and she's watching TV. In the anime, she's flipping through and kind of rewinding the same part of a movie over and over again. In the manga, it's a meme because it's actually the sixth sense that they're watching and Jolene spoils the big plot twist of the sixth sense. What's the big plot twist? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll post a, a screenshot of the panel from the manga in our Discord. So if you're not a member of our Discord, the link to join is in the description. Um, so you guys can see the actual original meme. Unfortunately, again, they did not include it, most likely because of rights. Um, I imagine having to add something that refers to the sixth sense means they would have to get the rights for something in order to do that. It's just a shame though, because it was a pretty pretty well-known part um, in Jojo Stone Ocean. The reason being is that I believe right around the time that Stone Ocean was serializing, that was when the Sixth Sense actually came out. So, no, it was coming out in Japan. So Araki essentially literally- spoiled the movie? He literally spoiled it. Like if a JoJo fan hadn't watched the movie yet in Japan and then they read this manga panel, they'd be like, what the fuck? You literally spoiled us, Araki. What the the hell's wrong with you? So yeah, that is a meme. Um, Not in the anime, but I figured it would still be important to share. There is an article I found on comicbook.com that talks a little bit more about this meme or this iconic moment and it not being in the anime. So I'll share that link as well in the Discord. But as always, if there are any other memes that we missed, please reach out and let us know.
So let's talk about the OP before we actually dive into the episode, because at the end of the first core, at the actual episode 12 of Stone Ocean, we got the Stone Ocean OP with sound effects. And as JoJo fans, we all know that the final airing of the OP usually has sound effects signaling that the next episode is going to have a new OP. The problem here is that that didn't happen. We got the sound effects in episode 12, but then the next episode, episode 13, was the same fucking OP <laughs> with just minor, minor changes. So I was like, okay, maybe at the end of the second core, the OP will have sound effects again, and that'll be the true signaling that we're going to get a new OP for the third core. But this episode's OP didn't have sound effects. So I'm really fucking confused. Are we not getting a new OP for the third core? Why are we not getting a new OP for the third core? Because it's pretty outdated at this point. Um, and yeah, when are they going to show us that image of Jolien and Jotaro at the very end, like in full form? Yeah, it, it feels like they're going to, like uh, an inkling of me thinks that they're going to reuse this OP for the final core just because of that last sequence where, you know, it was something different in the first core. Uh, and then in the second core, it's Jolene, like, approaching her father's back. So I, I feel like the third core, they'll have the OP where it kind of completes that picture. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping we get a, an entirely new uh, OP. Although I did see, <laughs> I did see, like, a meme on Twitter where someone said, like, if this is the first thing I see out of Stone Ocean Part 3, I'm going to lose it. And it's just an image of, you know, the start of the OP where it's like that thread going yeah. down the road. <laughs> and it took me a while to feel like, what are they referring to? But then I realized it's in reference to this OP that's been used for both parts. It's a great OP. It's just unheard of in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's really kind of unheard of in anime in general um, to stick with the same OP the entire season. Um, the only exceptions here, of course, are part one and part two of JoJo, where they were too short to have a second set of OPs and EDs. Mm -hmm. So you have one set for uh, part one and one set for part two. But, you know, parts three through five all have at least two OPs and EDs. Um, if anything, Stone Ocean should arguably have three OPs and EDs. So I don't know. It, we we I still don't have any confirmation or inkling of why this happened my assumption is that with the production schedule they just couldn't get out another op and ed in time which would be a shame but again what we have is still really good i still really enjoy it but you're showing imagery from the first core mm -hmm. so you're kind of like i mean all of these characters have come and gone foo fighters has died like when are we going to move on to the next chunk well there is one difference in the final op for the second core there is no sound effects like they did in the first core, but one visual difference is that the the credits are kind of scattered everywhere throughout the visuals instead of being in these blocks that you typically see credits in. Like you'll see the credits slapped onto whatever's happening in the background. So examples are like the the credits are running along that thread that I mentioned in the beginning or they're kind of imprinted in the backgrounds, almost like graffiti, or there's a shot where I think it's Jolene looking up at the constellations or something, and in the constellations itself, you see the credits being presented almost as a constellation of stars. Yeah, I have no fucking idea what's going on with these OPs. Like, there's just like, like random changes that happen um and i don't know what they're trying to go for i think they're I, just signaling that it's the end of the second core but yeah it would have been better if it were just an entirely different op i think it's going to be weird either way because you kind of talked about it a little bit already but we have not seen the full image of jolene on jotaro's back that iconic manga image um so either we're never going to get that and it's going to be confusing for anime only people because we're going to get a new OP for the third core, or they're going to keep the same OP for the third core, and then in the third core, they're actually going to show Jolene on Dotoro's back at the end of the OP. So either way, it's going to be odd. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with this, but we shall see come December 1st. So this episode opens up with Jolene in the recreation room, as we talked about, flipping through a movie, rewinding it, because she keeps forgetting what had happened. 
Um, as we mentioned, no Sixth Sense spoiler, unfortunately. But then Jolene, after getting yelled at by everybody else because she's being annoying, um, goes to the couch and decides to read a comic book. And interestingly, the comic book is an Oingo Boingo style from part three. Yeah. I think another instance of like this part being so closely linked to Stardust Crusaders in that fashion. Um, it's just that the comic is backwards. It's drawn as if it were a Japanese comic instead of an American comic. Yeah, because if she were to close it, the cover would be on like the right hand cover versus like the left hand cover. So yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is a an interesting oversight. Um, I do have a question though. When she goes to sit on the couch and reads that comic book, why does the chick next to her have such a huge <laughs> fucking head? head? Yeah. Like, no, they don't acknowledge it. They don't talk about it. She's there for like a hot second, but that's it. Like, uh, it's just a giant <laughs> headed woman next to her. And I need to understand what the hell is going on yeah, there. It felt like something out of a, a Ghibli movie. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> but shortly after, a chase scene breaks out where Jolene is going after Mew Mew because she had written a note to herself that if anyone looks at your left hand, I think indicating that that person can see the string in her hand, meaning they're a stand user, mm. to just punch without question. Um, that takes Jolene and Mew Mew to um, sell area D12, as we talked about. And Jolene reading D12 on the wall causes her to forget where she is or who she's chasing so it's four guards i wrote in my notes so it's not the six oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um but i have a question about this so my assumption was i kind of explained it a little bit in the last episode that the three pieces of information that she obtains and kind of rotates through because of uh jailhouse locks or rocks um standability You'd almost like label it, right? So like she learns three pieces of information and they're labeled one, two, and three in that order. Mm-hmm. It's like the order that she acquires this information. So if she were to obtain a fourth piece of information, that means the number one piece of inf- information gets forgotten and then everything moves up a rank. So then the fo- number four piece of information becomes number three, three becomes two, two becomes one. That was my assumption on how it worked. However, if we were to assume that... Mew Mew being an enemy stand user and who she needs to chase is the number two piece of information because, or I guess number three piece of information, because that is the most recent thing she learned right before she started chasing her. She realized she punches. She realizes she's an enemy stand user. Boom. She learned a new piece of information. It's now in the number three slot. Wouldn't she still remember who she's chasing when she read the, the cell area D12? Because the Mew Mew information should jump up a, a spot to, let's say, number two. And then D12 should be the number three slot or spot in her memory. Does that make sense? Like, go through the the, the, the list again. Well, I don't know what, like, number one and number two would be. But well, her... would that be what's written on her arm? Sure. Whatever number one and number two are, like, number one is the, mo- the oldest piece of information. Right. Just kind of think mm-hmm. about it as like a rotating thing yeah. or however it makes it make sense for you to think about it. Um, so like if the newest piece of information that she learns becomes the number three and moves up. Um, then her learning that Mew Mew is an enemy stand user and that she needs to chase would be the number three sp- slot. So then learning about D12 would be number four. But because she can only retain three pieces of information, then D12 becomes the most recent. Mew Mew becomes the second most recent. Well, is it the thing with the guards? Like that was another piece of information that she had to know during the chase. Because you see a guard shimmer away from four to three. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that. But then, then Mew Mew, the Mew Mew information should still be the number one slot then because that gets bumped up. But then she disappears anyways because jolene glanced up at the d12 and that threw her off for that one second then what's the third piece of information she learned after she learned meme is an enemy stand user i think it would be the number of guards chasing her the number of guards chasing her is one piece of information cell cell area d12 is a second piece of information what is the third piece of information that would have caused her to forget mew mew which before all that was the most recent piece of information oh i see what you mean so that's why I'm confused as to how she suddenly forgot about Mew Mew. Unless but that's she just thought... based on my understanding of how the memory thing works. 
Unless she, the third, the first piece of information was not Mew Mew herself. It was just to punch whoever was looking at her hand. Well, when she punches, then she said, oh, shit, this oh. person must be an enemy stand user. And that's what caused her to chase them. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm getting You're right, though. But right maybe <laughs> maybe chasing this person is one piece of information. And Mew Mew herself, like what she looks like, could be a different piece of information. Yeah. Because her back was to Jolene the whole time. And she remembers that she's chasing someone. She just doesn't remember who she's chasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I could accept that. That's fine. Either way, that this whole shit's head. confusing. <laughs> like I said in the last episode, this is, it's a frustrating sequence, but it's also a confusing sequence about how it actually works. Um, so anyway... Jolene is getting cornered by these guards, but interestingly, she hides behind one of the guards' backs by unraveling herself and sticking to their back. This is a new skill, right? Because we have not seen her do this before. We've seen her sort of unravel her body, but not to the point where she can actually do something like this. Yeah, at first I thought she was pulling a cheap trick and just attaching it, (laughs) hanging on to the guards. Cackling the whole time. Because I would be like, wouldn't you see someone clinging on to another guard's back but i think she, yeah, like, it like she like was she's... interwoven or something i guess it's a stretch like i feel like she still is pretty she takes up a lot of room so yeah at any angle a guard facing this guy is probably gonna be like you got something on your back dude right now now i'm looking up uh jolene's height um says that she's five foot nine it'd be dang <laughs> she's tall <laughs> she's she's my height wow she's tall yeah, so I mean, be... I'm only like five feet tall, so <laughs> to me, that's tall. <laughs> I mean, a five foot nine person trying to crouch behind a guard's back, that doesn't seem plausible. But also, she's got Jotaro's jeans, and he's like six foot yeah. three or four or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and this scene sort of rounds out with Mew Mew explaining that seeing a fourth guard means Jolene's brain can only accept three because three pieces of three new pieces of info. Um, is all she can hold in hold in her head, and then the fourth piece of information gets rejected from her vision. That's cool and all, but my my assumption would be like it's a singular piece of information that there are four guards here, versus like each mm-hmm. guard is a new piece of information. Because if she goes to the fucking cafeteria, how's she gonna see anybody? <laughs> Does she only see three right. people? But then, like, all of a sudden, like, a bunch of people should be fluttering in and out of her memory as she just scans the room. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess for the sake of, like, the story, the way that it's being told, it makes sense. But in my mind, I would assume, like, if you're seeing four guards, the new piece of information is there are four guards here. Yeah, and even then, like, we as human beings process, like, millions of pieces of information at any given time. Like, just right now, looking at our setup, I could say looking at my MacBook is one piece. Looking at my phone is one piece. Looking at the table is one piece. The one piece is real. (laughs) (laughs) That would mean anything within my vicinity I wouldn't understand, right? Yeah, you'd be constantly funneling information. Yeah, so I feel like the whole three pieces of information thing doesn't account for, like, other things that we should, like, be seeing in front of us. Yeah. But again, there's got to be a limit to how Iraqi can write this out. Otherwise, it's going to be way too complex. So it's fine. We'll we'll accept it the way he he delivered it. Um, So then Jolene finally reaches Emporio. But this this seems actually kind of funny because she she reaches him and he's like, oh, my God, Onechan, what are you doing here? But then, like, they both, like, learn another piece of information and they immediately forget why they're there and that the other person is there until they turn around and look at each other and they're like, oh, wait, the, why are you here? The <laughs> dumbest thing I've seen in this episode. I, I like how there's music that builds up the tension, but as soon as they forget, like, w- once they get the new pieces of information, the music just stops and then they look back at each other and they're like, what are you doing here? And then they're just asking, nande, nande, nande. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, why, why, why is this happening right now? Jolene is able to quickly and effortlessly stop the bullets um, that Mew Mew shoots because Mew Mew does make her way through the crack in the wall, finds Emporio's room, and shoots four bullets at Jolene, knowing that she'll only be able to process three of them. Um, So the fourth bullet she intentionally shoots towards Emporio because she knows Jolene won't stop it. But what I noted here is, again, Jolene just like effortlessly stops these bullets. Um, But that's an interesting contrast to the first core where she's being chased by John Gallier, her and Jotaro being chased by John Gallier, and she has more of a struggle trying to stop those bullets. I think it's significantly more bullets, to be fair, 
Um, but she's freaking out the whole time. I mean, who wouldn't be if you're being shot at? Um, but this time around, she like barely says anything and just immediately whips out a web of strings to stop those bullets. Maybe it's just experience. Like yeah, she, she's growing. She knows, yeah, she she's knows what to do in this situation. Although, yeah, there's the fourth bullet that she misses because that's the, the new piece of information. I did also note that as Mew Mew is explaining maybe to Jolene or just out loud, how she can only see three shots, even though more are fired. Um, the span of time that she explains it is in the time span that the bullets travel from the gun to Jolene. Yeah. Like that's gotta be an, like, a fraction of a second. But then she's like <laughs> taking, cause it's technically in slow, we see it in slow-mo, yeah. but Mimi is talking at the same time. So I'm like, did she really quickly say this in the span of time that a bullet travels from one point to another? Yeah, she her thought was just as fast as the bullet. It's JoJo logic. <laughs> so like, yeah, the thing where Jonathan and Dee are falling down in the mansion for like 10 hours or whatever. Jolene does overcome this moment, though, because she sees all of the bullets in the reflection in the water on the ground, saying that that shows the truth behind everything. But again, she's seeing four bullets in the water, let's say. So wouldn't mm -hmm. she only be able to see three of those bullets? Because if each bullet is a piece of information, but it's yeah. like then it's like because it's a reflection. <laughs> now her brain can suddenly process it as one piece of information versus like four pieces of information. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works, but that's the difference, I guess. Yeah. So she just needs to run around with a mirror, just look in the mirror the whole time and like point it at things to see what's going on around her. Yeah, or just be uh, hopeful that there's a puddle of water somewhere. Uh, I don't know if you notice this. I just like how when she deflects the bullets, it shoots off Mew Mew's extensions. Yeah. <laughs> As Mew Mew retreats from Emporio's room, Jolene does attach a string to her to track her. So even if she doesn't remember her, she can at least track and say something about this person is important. Um, but before she leaves the room and leaves Emporio by himself, she acknowledges why Emporio is always so careful, saying that he's needed to live that way in order to survive in the jail because that's all he's ever known. He was born there. He's raised there. He's lived there. But then says there are times you have to take risks. Like there are times we have to move forward even if it means facing danger. And that's important because in the previous episode, Emporio is freaking out at the idea of breaking out of jail telling Jolene, it's impossible, it's too dangerous, we can do this a safe route, let's call Speedwagon Foundation, let's let them help. Like, he's just so afraid of the world outside of this jail, understandably so, but in order to move forward, they need to leave. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always a safest route to do anything, but that's going to be moot if the danger ends up being bigger than you expected. Um, so... Yeah, with what Jolene said, with their coming in time to move forward, even if there's danger, you know, that I, as always, I just chalk that up to like the Joe Star's way of thinking. They are willing to put themselves into harm's way if that means they can save others or fight for the greater good. Uh, and I think this is where Emporio comes to the realization that instead of taking things the safe route, he too has to muster up the courage if they are to defeat not just Mew Mew in this moment, but like what Poochie's planning. And he could stay behind. Arguably, he could stay behind in the jail. And I think Jolene sees that as an option for him and she wouldn't hold that against him. But there's more to his life, you know, than, than just being stuck in this jail hiding out. Plus, if the rest of the Joe Bros go and he's left behind... That's kind of a, a sad existence. Or you know what hardened him? It was that bullet he got. Yeah, he, he got, got shot. So now he's <laughs> now like, well, he's like, at this point. Tough as nails. <laughs> <laughs> and now we reach the eye catch of this episode, which is the stand stats for Jailhouse Lock. Or sorry, Jailhouse Rock, as it is formally known. Uh, so destructive power is at none. Speed is at C. Range is at B. Durability is at A. Precision and accuracy are at none, and development potential are at none. So yeah, there's not many like physical strengths to the stand, but as we've established, it's more of a uh, a mentally combative stand. And yeah, here you can see a clearer picture of how its brain is just exposed, and it almost looks like its like its body is made out of stitching, like a, like it's a stitched up doll. I find its arms to be kind of weird because they're just like pointy sticks. 
but it has like this muscular forearm but the hands are just like like i don't even know sticks <laughs> i don't know how to describe it yeah very strange stand design when we return to the episode, Emporio chases after Jolene or essentially, you know, leaves his room um, and he pops out of the wall and he's like, oh, Jolene, when did you get here? <laughs> just like again with this <laughs> shit. I mean, it's funny. I, I like it. But I was just like, oh, my God. Um, but he hands her a binary code for the printout that he's been trying to show her this entire time. And suddenly Stone Free is fluent in binary. Yeah, Am I understanding that? So is it is it that Stone Ocean, Stone Ocean, Stone Free is fluent in binary or that Emporio just strategically placed the ones and zeros to be to be the outline of Mew Mew? Like if you mm. can imagine, let's say, let's say the ones are like, if you you fill in the ones, but you keep the zeros blank. So is it like all of Mew Mew's stuff is like in ones and like Stone Free knew to like fill in the ones leave the zeros blank to just make a picture i think that was the intention because i was like how does it fucking know binary <laughs> yeah because i think like this whole thing is confusing because when did emporio know how to compute or write in binary code yeah and that's also a good question like so i know like the, the computer mumia destroyed so that they couldn't look up her identity but then you see that uh emporio looks at a a post-it note that he attached to the computer, which it looks like it's a formula. Yeah. How does Emporio know the exact formula to print out of Mew Mew's face? I don't know. And on top of that, like how does a formula translate to binary code for a an image that he mm. doesn't remember? He doesn't remember the image. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless he does remember her face. Okay, so we talked about this in the last episode. Like how did he figure out Mew Mew was the guard? He... He may have seen Mew Mew first before Jailhouse Rock actually activated for him. But mm. even then, once Jailhouse Rock activates, I would assume it protects Mew Mew's identity. And so you immediately forget. Yeah, unless it was like uh, it activated for Jolene first, then Mew Mew had to chase down Emporio, who was in his room looking up the information. No, because he sa she says something like in this episode, like, who's Emporio, and then he she goes into his room, and then she sees him forgetting. He's, she's like, oh, you must have been there when I activated this for Jolene. Mm. She said something to that effect. Like, I don't think she was fully aware that Emporio was standing right behind her, which I don't know how, because she walked down the hallway, and he was just sitting on the floor in the hallway. Um, but either way, I'm just trying to, like, the whole thing is, like, very convoluted with this binary, but it works. That's what matters. It works, I guess. Stone Free is suddenly a printer with its strings, and, and it can form the the picture of Mew, Mew Mew, and Jolene figures it out. Yeah, this whole thing was a stretch, but I guess you know Emporio helped out, so that's what matters. <laughs> and so it reveals her picture, and Mew Mew gets her ass whooped by Jolene. And immediately after that, Jolene says that she's leaving the prison. She is, she's got that goal in mind and she does whatever it takes to reach it. But she asks Emporio in this moment, what do you want to do? And Emporio musters the courage to see the outside world and continue helping Jolene and the Joe Bros because he's a Joe Bro himself. Like he knows how important this is. He sees how big of a threat Poochie is to everybody. And he makes that sacrifice for his own comfort to be with Jolene. There's a callback uh, in this moment to part three to... Um, the music that plays, again, it's Tabidachi, kind of that reflective music um, as Emporio makes the decision to join his Onechan in the fight against Pucci um, and to to see the outside world. Kind of reminds me of like uh, Quasimodo. <laughs> from Quasimodo. The, from the hunchback of Notre Dame, like he wanted to go see the outside world. And so now this is Emporio's chance. And we talked a bit about this already in the beginning, but Mew Mew becomes pretty submissive after getting her ass kicked by Jolene and uses her stand for Jolene's benefit by making everyone that they come across forget um, and not actually see Jolene and, and stop her from trying to escape. 
okay, like, fine. I guess that's that's how they get out of jail. Um, finally, Hermes is back because they go to the medical ward to pick her up. And she's like, fuck it. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> she's like, I heard the noise. I figured it was you guys. I'm, I'm ready to go. We're going to do this thing. I kind of wish that we also saw them stop by Weather Report because he's also in the medical ward. And actually, honestly. No, he's not in the medical ward. Where is I he? thought he, he was just in his prison cell, like just hold up like he oh, didn't want to come he, out he got discharged or whatever yeah isn't that what uh emporio said that when he was updating jolene about oh yeah you're right going, but he won't yeah. talk to anybody yeah um okay so then yeah, i don't know where anasui is anasui well he might be in the men's medical ward oh yeah, yeah. but even still if you've got Mew, Mew, just go get the whole gang round everybody the fuck up maybe that'll happen in the first part of uh the third quarter who knows and in the final moments between hermes Emporio and Jolene. Jolene says she has to seal what Poochie took and do whatever it takes. And I just immediately think that's that Joe Star resolve. That's that Joe Star blood flowing through her. She's like, let's fucking do this. Let's get this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> and speaking of Poochie, we do get the final scene of this episode that pretty much hints at Poochie's new ability. So he's sitting on a bench outside of a grocery store, panting because he's probably struggling with whatever's inside of him, literally. And a woman comes out, um, almost drops her eggs. He grabs them and gives them back to her. But uh, when he goes to, I don't know, lift himself up, he puts his hand near her wrist where she's wearing a watch. Suddenly the watch starts accelerating, her fingernails start growing, and the eggs turn into half-born baby chicks. What do you think this means? Well... I don't want to bring up what I saw in the trailer for people who skipped over that part. I guess just based on this particular scene, what do you infer from that? I mean, it seems like he's making things grow at a faster rate. I don't know if, like, what exactly that has to do with, uh, like, with bringing Dio back or to attain heaven. Um, But it's definitely not, like, white snake stand anymore yeah because he does say white snake is no longer his stand ability but there is something else inside of him and he He says a power that carries hope yeah and it shows an image of dio and the world um but if you kind of think about it again this isn't like spoilers it's just like what you can deduce from what's going on in the second core um if the world was decaying to make the baby and poochie's new stand is tied to that like that baby uh, tied to Dio. Uh. And as we know, common knowledge up until this point of the anime, all JoJo villains have stand powers that do with that deal with time. time. You can probably assume what Poochie's new stand ability is or whatever's inside of him, what that is. So it's not stopping time. It's it's doing something, something else. else <laughs> um really quick before we wrap up wanted to mention there's a an Easter egg in this scene with the supermarket. It's called Lucky L. This is actually referring to Lucky Land Communications, which is Araki's personal company and his manga studio. So there is no Lucky L supermarket in the real world Florida. This is just a nice wink and a nod to Araki himself. I didn't even notice that. That's cool to note because I feel like Lucky Land does pop up and makes its cameos throughout jojo but i feel like it's it, the only time it's really prevalent is in part three with jotaro's like pin on his hat i think yeah poochie also does say that um there's six days left until whatever his goal is so yeah we are in the home stretch of all of this shit they have six days to get to him and uh we'll find out come december 1st what happens next and that brings us to our final thoughts for part six episode 24 jailbreak so, did this episode help you break out of the jail of sheer confusion? Uh, no. Because <laughs> even though there were things, I guess, that got resolved in the last episode, there are new confusing pieces that popped up in this episode. But regardless, it was still a fun episode. I did enjoy it more um, with the second half of, of this mini arc. And it's leaving us in a really cool spot. I mean, it's just a perfect way to sort of round out the second core because we're now leaving the jail, um, assumably from what they're trying to do, which is a jailbreak. Title of the episode is Jailbreak. Um, So it's almost like 
the expanse of what happens next. It could be anything, right? Like you're no longer in these confines um, in this mini world that Iraqi has built for the last two cores. Now it's like, it's fucking Florida. Like what's going to happen next in Florida? It could be, it could be anything and it will be anything. And I'm so, so excited for the third core. But what did you think? Yeah, for this episode, there really didn't seem anything special outside of Jolene finally getting to take down Mew Mew and Jailhouse Rock, which in itself was a chore to trudge through with Jolene and Emporio trying to work through their utter confusion. But I think that that thematic focus on memory was significant enough to reestablish Jolene's mission to save her father and preserve the legacy of the Joestar lineage, I suppose, in standing up for the greater good and wanting to bring Poochie to his knees. Um, I think with that, it's exciting to think that the Joe Bros or the prison posse are to pull an Attack on Titan metaphor, kind of venturing beyond the walls of Green Dolphin Prison or Green Dolphin Street Prison into this kind of completely new and unknown environment, but strengthened with that resolve to move forward with the fate of Zawardo <laughs> in their hands. And just reflecting on like part two overall, I think with you know world building being established in part one, part two really cut to the chase to a bit of a fault in advancing the plot around Pucci's goal of reaching heaven and just dealing these damaging blows to the, the prison posse in the process. Um, especially with, you know, the second core, we've talked about how there's more thought-provoking and maybe more psychologically combative enemy stands. And I think not just physically, but that also mentally took a toll on the Joe Bros by the end of the second core. But, you know, as typical of her Joestar predecessors, Jolene comes out of this experience basically in the Ultra Security House unit uh, more battle-hardened than ever to continue forward in this face of steep adversity. Because not even like the roided-up security guard or the vomit-colored baby or this memory-manipulating guard can stand in her way of exacting vengeance for her father. And so I think with the release of this podcast episode, there's only 10 days left to find out what happens to Poochie Gang Year six days from now. <laughs> It's just a weird thing to say, right? Ten days from now, we're going to find out what happens to Poochie six days from now. It's that JoJo logic. <laughs> Do you have any closing thoughts about the second core of Stone Ocean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very intense part of Stone Ocean. I thought it was more intense than the first core. Um, the animation overall was a big improvement um, over the first core. It was more consistent. It wasn't pretty all of the time. There were still some episodes that looked like slightly lower production quality. But again, after some of the really rough moments in the first core, I am happy to see that the second core does have a, a step up in animation. And I hope that the third core is going to be even further of a step up from there. And despite being some of them like being kind of confusing, um, I really love how every stand in Stone Ocean has had me completely lost with how they can be defeated. And then the way that the Joe Bros actually do defeat them makes so much sense and is like very, very clever. Not every single time, I mean, with Mew Mew again, like it's, it's a stretch to a certain degree. But for the most part, I would say if I look back on all the stands, parts three through five, or I guess three through six where we're at right now, six is going to be the part that has some of the most clever complex stands and some of the most interesting ways that the Joe Bros have been able to overcome them. So I really appreciated that. Even if sometimes I complain about like what the hell's going on, it's I still think it's it's really fun to watch. And there you have it. The second core of Stone Ocean Ooh. is complete. Officially complete here at Strictly JoJo. Look forward to a fun discussion episode next week. I'm really, really excited about this topic. I'm going to be gushing about some of the stuff that uh, that is part of this topic. I don't want to spoil it or give it away too soon, but it's going to be fun. Um, and then again, break week after that. And then we are back with the final core of Stone Ocean. I'm so ready for it, like so excited for it, but also not ready because it's going to be, it's always bittersweet when you finish an anime or a season. And it's going to be the same here.
Yeah, but the stone ocean just keeps flowing and flowing, so we're not going to have to wait long until the coming of the third core. So, yes, very much looking forward to it, um, especially with us preceding it with a JoJo discussion episode. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. Hopefully you've enjoyed the second core of Stone Ocean as much as we have. Um, if you're not a member of our Discord, join and tell us some of your fan theories for the last part of Stone Ocean. If you read the manga like myself, um, maybe, you know, spoiler tag or try to avoid spoiling anybody who's an anime-only person. But one of the best parts about being an anime fan, especially a JoJo fan, is theorizing with everybody about what's going to happen next so after that trailer dropped i don't know there's a lot of things swirling there's a lot of talk out there that i've seen so feel free to let us know your thoughts and as always subscribe to strictly jojo on our favorite podcast service join our discord to chat with us and tell us all of your fan theories follow us on instagram at the strictly series on twitter at strictly series and check out our website thestrictlyseries.com if you'd like to support the show and see things like our show schedule to find out what's next for Strictly JoJo, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. And tune into Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. To be continued.